In former communist Albania, a certain sister did something for 46 years. Find out what it is on this episode of Inverse. Coming to you from Silver Spring, Maryland, welcome to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation on life principles, contemporary issues, and thought-provoking perspectives. Now here's your host, Justin Kim, with Inverse. Hi, everyone. You're on the studio here with all of us at Inverse, and we're studying the book of... Actually, we're not studying a book this, this, this <laughs> quarter. We're looking at the topic of God's will. We're looking at all these different aspects of where God has His will uh, delineated in Scripture for us, for our maximum happiness and blessings. And on this week, we look at the topic of first things first. Mm-hmm. First things first. So we're going to go to Malachi chapter 3. And Callie, if you can pray for us before we read Scripture. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for the clarity you so kindly give us through your word. I pray that as we as we read, that you'd send your Holy Spirit to open our eyes, to change our hearts, and may we walk with Jesus through this passage and through each day. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 And then Israel, what's going on? How are you? Good. How are you? Okay. And so Sebastian, <laughs> can you read for us in chapter three? How are you? Verse seven through twelve. Seven through twelve. Yes. Just want to keep it real. Keep it. Keep it raw. Keep, keep it one, random. Keep, keep it one hundred. All right. All right. Chapter Malachi three, chapter seven three, through twelve. Seven to twelve. <laughs> yes. The Bible says, "Yet from the days of your fathers you have gone away from my ordinances and have not kept them. Return to me, and I will return to you," says the Lord of hosts. But you said, "In what way shall we return?" Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, in what way have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings. You are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. And try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. Okay, thank you. I mentioned in my opener, there was a sister in, uh, in Albania. Mm-hmm. And for 46 years, I think she got converted to Christianity, and she was convicted on the principle of stewardship, on tithing. Mm-hmm. And uh, she, she set aside a tenth of her income. And then what happened is that the country closed, and she had no access to the world church, no access to other Christians. So for 46 years, she was just setting aside her income, and she's putting it underneath her bed. And she wasn't the most wealthy of, of persons. And so, you know, the temptation is like, maybe the Lord understands and can just kind of bar it. But for 46 years, she was faithful, and God blessed her through the high times and the low times. And when, when, when Albania opened up, I mean, she brought this shoebox, and she opened it, a 46 years' worth of tithe. Wow. And uh, that's, that's, that's an inspirational story of, yeah. of, of faithfulness. Yeah. So uh, this is a topic... Um, we're talking about we're talking about the topic of of, of, of tithe, yeah. and the question is, you know, Israel, what what is tithe? Uh, yeah. Not literally, but I mean, why does God do it? And, and let's start a conversation. Sure, there. yeah. So the God cannot use. You know, we're talking about God's will for your life. So the the, the tithe context is in the context of that. Mm-hmm. How to know God's will for your life? Mm-hmm. God cannot use us if He does not have our hearts, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not like God doesn't use us because he's desperate and, or I, because I have some awesome talents that mm-hmm. he really, really needs. Mm-hmm. Uh, God uses us because we're willing to be used by him and because we're, we have a desire to be like him. That's why God uses us for mm-hmm. ourselves, not really for him. 
So the thing is that God cannot use us unless we have hearts that are surrendered yes. to Him. Yep. Mm -hmm. And where your, you know, the Bible says where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So how we use our funds, how we use our money, it's a clear indicator of where our heart is. And where our heart is determines whether or not we can be used by God to accomplish His will in our lives. Mm -hmm. Of all the topics in the Bible, God talks about finances the most. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, more than even grace and love, uh, yeah. crazily enough. Yeah. But that's not that God is, is just wanting to know about our finances and, and <laughs> getting it. But we spend so much of our lives regarding finances, regarding work, that how we use the most uh, of our time and, and, and our finances really impacts where our heart is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. this right. is what you're saying. Yeah, Kelly. Yeah, it's kind of what you're saying, but that God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. So it's not like, man, I just, yeah, like I have you, but I need need some finances to like help curb this, this mm -hmm. need that I have. But yeah, just that finances really show more than, than, like we can say all these things, we can even use our time a certain way, mm -hmm. but really how we use our money indicates our core values. Mm -hmm. And you know, I've sometimes when I've been paying my tithe or doing uh, offerings and I've been thinking, sometimes as the money leaves my hands, the, the, the thought will cross my mind like, well, what could I have used that money for? Mm. Like, if, if I'm, especially if I'm saving for something, like if I, if I kept that, I get what I wanted. Mm -hmm. But it's like, do I want to honor God or do I want my thing? Mm -hmm. And that, that pulls on my heart. And we're like, well, I'll spend all day at church. I'll do like, I'll preach everywhere. I'll do that. But I find that pulling on my heart because as you're saying, that's, mm -hmm. that's where we dedicate a lot of our time. And that can often be the last almost holdout like it was for the rich young ruler. So it's not the actual money amount, but where what, what what's the order of things? Is yeah. God first and then the thing? Yeah. Or is thing and then God? Yeah. And I remember even thinking when I was younger, <laughs> when I made much less money than I do now, and I'm like, man, when I make more money, you know, of course it'll be easier to give because then I have more, but it's actually harder mm. because then you're giving, you're giving back, not even giving away. It's a very interesting more. comment that you mentioned that the more that we have, it's not easier. It's not a, ma a matter of how much resources no. we have. Have, yeah. But it's always, the percentages kind of always kind of stay the same in the, yeah. in, in the hierarchy of our, you always our values. Just a little bit more, but that's, it also just, I mean, it, it yeah. opens up more things that we can do and it's a more responsibility to God. Mm -hmm. That's true. Sebastian? You know, it reminded me uh, a book I had read about how this band, this famous rock band had made all this money. Mm -hmm. And when they uh, set up a camera in England and they decided to just put a pile of money in the street and they literally set it on fire. It was one million pounds. Sterling, okay. and so all these. They were British. So you're you're like burning <laughs> like actual cash, one million dollars in cash, and the interesting thing was was that if if people burn that money right at a on prostitutes or on like expensive hotels, nobody's going to be upset about that. But because this famous rock band burnt actual liquid cash, people were upset because they're like, well, you know what you could have done with the money, mm -hmm. and I feel like when it comes to giving our finances to God and allowing him to lead us in how we spend our money, we have to get rid of the mindset of what I could have done with the money and focus on what God wants to do with the money. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's like in this sense, God is saying, you need to surrender to me the possibilities and the potentialities of the future. You have to trust me in this. And I think money is ground zero for faith and trust in God. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of people that are willing to go to church but do not want to pay tithe, are not interested in sending what they believe is their money Right. And, and in this sense, this is why I believe finances is so fundamental uh, to our relationship with God and Him allow, us allowing Him to lead us. They say each generation has a different interaction with money. Uh, one generation, the, the GI generation, was very, very 
economical and meticulous, and they saved. They did not spend money for anything. Mm. The next generation boomer comes in, and they're splurging left and right, <laughs> and it's all about luxury. Gen X is like they hate the world, they hate themselves, they hate they hate money, they hate the the, the construct of money, and they, they they just they're very exy. And then millennials, perhaps because of the the recession or or whatnot, at least in North America, yeah. they're very sensitive with money, mm-hmm. and uh, perhaps they may be thinking, why does God want to get into my finances? And maybe mm. they've been looking cynical, at, even at this show, and, and why why this whole tie thing? And this is, are we just supporting an organization for organized religion and something? Sure. Kelly, one aspect is that we serve God with when we give back our tithe. It's a it's a service of faith. Mm. Um, because if we use our money to, um, in very real ways, to help people, you know, helping someone who needs groceries or they need a new car or something, you can kind of see that happen. Mm-hmm. But when you return money back to God through the church, it's kind of like, and then it's it's gone. Mm. And I think I heard a story once about someone being helped through something I may have contributed. So it's mm. it's out of your hands, and it's it's very <laughs> like I'm just trusting God. I'm trusting the people that God has put in positions of power mm-hmm. to use this in a way that will bless his, yeah. his mm-hmm. the whole world. Mm-hmm. And that's that's kind of scary because like, well, I want to, it seems like I want to be more of an active participant mm-hmm. in the blessings. Mm-hmm. But that, that God can do more outside of us. Yeah. And we want to get to that. that there, you're hitting oh, something sorry. there that, that's really good. We'll get back to that. <laughs> okay. the, the bottom line, the bottom line implication of the finance, the financial uh, intersection between church and, and the person is that, it's it's in the nature of of God. It's in the nature of love to give. The mm-hmm. Bible says God so loved the world that He gave. Mm-hmm. This is a, a it's a fascinating thing that God does. You know, God gives His Son simply on the basis of love. We think about God giving His Son on the basis of salvation, which is true. But you think about it, God could have let us borrow Jesus, right? Jesus could have come down to earth died on a cross, and then completely separated himself from humanity afterwards. But the Bible says that God gave us Mm. his son in the sense that God has no currency because he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Like for him, this is not a sacrifice. Money is not a sacrifice for God. Like the worlds are not sacrifices. Yeah, Yeah. this doesn't, it has zero impact on what God cares about ultimately. But the one thing that God does care about is his son right? It's a part of himself. It's divinity itself. And God so loved the world that he gave. He didn't lend. He didn't borrow. We didn't borrow, but he gave him to humanity simply to say, this is the kind of love that I have for you. Mm -hmm. And so what money does is money is our God, right? Money is what we have a direct, uh, we, we see what we can do with our money. We feel we have power. I have money to buy something. I have money to on my own receive something. Mm-hmm. And when we, when we give money away, we give away our power. Mm-hmm. But this in itself is an act of godliness. Like God sent his son into a world of sin mm-hmm. where, the, where the risks were high, where, you know, we can't even begin to comprehend what happens if Jesus fails his mission. We can't begin to even understand what happens to divinity and to the world. We can't understand that. Mm-hmm. He gives up control by giving up what he, what he has, that it's of value to him. So whenever we give away our little dollar, right, our little pound, our little whatever we have, <laughs> it, you know, whenever we give away a piece of our income, mm. We think it's like the end of the Huge. world, right? Mm-hmm. But but it's in the nature of God to give. Love gives. And when we do that, when we give our small piece of income, the amazing and tremendous thing is that we are exercising 
an act of godliness. We're emulating that, yeah. that sacrifice and, and, in, a, in a smaller way, yeah. And I, I feel like there also needs to be a, a verbal change, right? We can, we, there's a giving element to money, but when we're also dealing with tithing God's will, we're dealing with returning, Yeah. right? So in returning a tithe is God's way of trying to guide us and recognize that he is the creator, he's the owner of it all. He's just asking for 10%. So it's like if I give you a million and I say, well, when I give you, I just want 100,000 back, mm -hmm. right? Not because I'm broke or not because I need a little bit off the top or like God is like our divine agent in heaven working out things for our benefit. God is saying you're returning as an acknowledgement that I'm the one yeah. that empowered you yeah. to get the wealth. I mean, can I ask you, is, is, is there something powerful about the one in 10? Like what, why, why 10%? Why not 11? Why not uh, five? Why not 50? Any, any meaning? I, I don't know. I, I, I generally don't know. I don't know. I, I'm grateful it's it's ten. <laughs> to, to be honest, yeah. like it doesn't you know, have to be ten. He's not it asking. Be, give yeah. me ninety nine percent, and I'll give you one percent, and keep. He's on saying give me at least ten. He's saying give me at least ten. At least ten. Yeah. yeah. And I think the percentage is something that is designed to transcend rather than a specific amount, however much you have. Yeah. So when you say a percentage, it doesn't matter how much or little you have. Yeah, when we come back after the break, we're going to look at more elements of, more practical elements of tithe, more principles on tithe, and how God's will is revealed through the actual practice of it. Has Inverse been a blessing to you? Do you have questions, comments, or feedback you'd like to leave us? Find us on social media by searching Inverse Bible on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or YouTube. While there, join us, like us, heart us, thumbs up us. Our handle again is Inverse Bible, no spaces. Now, back to the discussion. Hey, welcome back, friends. We're going to go to Leviticus, Leviticus chapter 30, oh, just kidding, uh, 27, 27, verse 30 <laughs> to 32. 27, 30 to 32. The Bible says, all the tithe of the land, whether of the, whether of the seed of the land or of the fruit of the tree, is the Lord's. It is holy to the Lord. If a man wants at all to redeem any of his tithes, he shall add one-fifth to it. And concerning the tithe of the herd of the flock or whatever passes under the rod, the tenth one shall be holy to the Lord. You see really a definition there of, of, uh, of tithe. The first concept, the first principle, is it's a tenth. Yes, mm -hmm. and there's nothing magical about the number 10, but I was saying before, I mean, I'm, uh, yeah, we should pay more and, and return more and give more and more, but I'm, I'm kind of glad it's not 99% and, and you <laughs> just have to subsist on that 1%. And, and, the, and the meaning is that God's not a tyrant. Right. And the 10 is a smaller number than the 99. Mm -hmm. Out of the goodness of our hearts, we, we give more. And someone actually articulated that, <clears throat> that tithe is a symbol, an act of how loyal you are to God. Mm -hmm. But your offerings, which is more than your 10%, is a symbol of how much you love God. One is a statement of loyalty and faithfulness. Another one is a more affection and love. And one has a maximum. Another one, there is no maximum. You can just you can, you can go to 99 uh, if you make, you can live off of that 1% of that income. Yeah. Um, uh, the second principle I see there is that it's holy. Yeah, mm -hmm. And this is something that we often don't uh, emphasize as much. We just think, I, give, I return my tithe and... Uh, we do it. We do it grumblingly, as uh, grudgingly as the New Testament says you shouldn't do. Yes. And uh, Malachi is calling us out on it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That mm -hmm. sometimes we don't consider it holy. Yeah. Um, why do we not consider tithe to be holy? And what does it mean to have holy money? 
So that's why yeah. I want to spend some time. We, it is a natural tendency of a human being to, to stray from God. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something we need to note of ourselves. Mm -hmm. That naturally left to ourselves, and it's, it speaks about this in Hebrews, right? People are drifting away. It's like we're, we're on a boat in a current, and the current just gradually pulls us. This is what's going to happen unless we mm -hmm. make an effort to stay connected to God. And so what Malachi tells us is that the returning of the tithe, it's a way in which we actually return back to God. It's a way to refocus ourselves back to God. This is a yeah. brilliant way to do it because we are constantly, people who are, who are laboring are constantly receiving the fruit of their labors through income, mm -hmm. whatever that kind of income is. And so every time I have an income, I have the opportunity to return to God and to think about and evaluate in my life. Had I not received strength, had I not received the education that God had given me, had I not received an, an opportunity that came to me through providence, mm -hmm. had I not received all these other gifts, I would not be in a position where I would be able to take to enjoy the fruit of the labor that God has given to me. Mm -hmm. And so it's a way that it reminds me to come back. Mm -hmm. I'm where I am today, not because of my brilliance, not because of my your human strength, not because of, yeah, yes. but I'm here where I am today, strictly and 100% on the basis of God, yet, Yet the, the, the nice kindness of God allows me to have some type of credit, mm -hmm. right, mm -hmm. over something. That, that in itself is an inkling of dignity yeah. in, in, in that, in the providence yeah. of God and, and the you know, Hey, you know, you have a job. You know, you, right. you, you're doing your job successfully to be able to maintain it. You get some type of credit for something that really is a result of divine grace. You're yeah. there where you are because of divine grace. And so tithe is a way in which we are able to return to God because we're naturally drifters. Yeah. I'd like to go to Deuteronomy 12. Deuteronomy 12. We looked at Leviticus 27 and having the right number, yeah, and the right attitude. These are different ways that we, we rob God in a sense. Mm -hmm. uh, but we think if we go to Deuteronomy 12, verse 5 through 14, and it's a, it's a longer passage. We don't have time to read it, but if you can reference there, and it's talking about tithe needs to go to the right place. Mm -hmm. uh, some people say, hey, I have tithe. Hey, um, I want to give it to God. And like, hey, are you, are you working for God? Hey, here's my tithe. <laughs> and uh, that's not, even though it's the right number, it's not sure. going to the right place. Mm -hmm. uh, verse, yeah. Let's actually read verse 5, chapter 12, verse 5 of Deuteronomy. And uh, Callie, can you read that for us? Yes. But you shall seek the place where the Lord your God chooses out of all your tribes to put his name for his dwelling place, and there you shall go. There you shall take your burnt offerings, your sacrifices, your tithes, the heave offerings of your hand, your vowed offerings, your freewill offerings, and the firstborn of your herds and flocks. And there you shall eat before the Lord your God, and ye shall rejoice in all to which... You have put your hand, you and your households, in which the Lord your God has blessed you. Okay, we'll stop there. It looks like tithe. What is what is tithe to be used for, and where does it go? Well, we see, we see that the Bible says here in verse 5 that it goes to the place where God has put his name, wherever mm -hmm. God is dwelling. Mm -hmm. So it needs to be at the storehouse, and yes. there God is being served by the Levitical, the, the tribe of Levi, and yes. these Levites who are serving on behalf of the Israelites. Yes. And because they don't have an inheritance, God says you need to support the fact that these individuals who are giving up the opportunity for profit and for gain, mm -hmm. that 10% is coming to God, and God is deciding to support them as his servants and ministers. Mm -hmm. and, and that's profound because the, the Levite is the one interceding on behalf of the Israelite. Mm -hmm. So now the reason why when you come at the time of prayer outside the sanctuary and you can't go into God, guess what? The Levite can go into God. 
But yet while he's doing that type of work to maintain that sanctuary, to give you access to God for forgiveness. Well, they go into the sanctuary to, to serve, the sanctuary, yes. the actual holy places where the, the high priest and the high priests go in. Yeah. And that's profound to say, what price would you put on forgiveness? Mm. What price would you put on the intercession of the, of the Levitical priest and the high priest? What, it looks like this tithe is used for, for personnel, yes? yes? It's used for people, for the Levites. It's not used for electricity, for paper. For, or for God to expand his house. Fees or bank, right. bank credit. And it's, not, it's also it's not used for forgiveness. In other yeah, words, right. yeah. the, the people are not paying the Levites to go, hey, you go talk to God right. so I can get forgiven. Right. There's a system of indulgences yeah, that so, right. Sebastian's comment yeah. may be construed so we got, to be. Yeah. He's <laughs> not talking yeah. about that. Yeah, yes. yeah so God has, God, has a, God has a, he has a system to work. And what I appreciate about the system that God had in store in terms of, of tithe. And by the way, within the Seventh-day Adventist church structure that we're a part of, mm-hmm. there is a structure for tithe. Mm-hmm. And what I appreciate about it is I'm a minister of the gospel myself. Mm-hmm. And the, the tithe was not to go to the local church, mm-hmm. right? Because if that was the case, as a minister, I'd be thinking like, man, if I can just get enough rich doctors right. to come <laughs> here to pay me a better, I'd have a better your salary. Your personal motive for evangelism would and ministry yeah. would right. be for your yeah. personal right. gain. And, and this would be the temptation. And then yeah. the other thing is, if, if, if I'm preaching at a church, oh, I don't want, I don't want to disrupt my members because they're not going to return tithe and I'm not going to have enough money to live. You're not going to so, preach the truth. Yeah, so what God did is that he, he, in, he, in, he instituted a system where the tithe would all be collected in, in, in a storehouse, mm-hmm. a place that he appointed, and from there it would be distributed out. And that's actually, believe it or not, this is one of the reasons why I believe in the Seventh-day Adventist Church. Mm-hmm. I can be a pastor of a very, very small church, be uh, in, in a city next door to me, there can be a pastor that has an enormously large church, and at the end of the day, same. we get paid the same. Yes, and And that allows the minister to focus on the work of the gospel ministry instead of mm-hmm. personal gain. That's and right. so God in his, in his wisdom designed a system that would go and would be money would be placed aside in a certain way and from there it would be distributed where the, where the funds And we is. also have to look at what that system is serving. Yes, yeah. there are people who are anti-organized religion, but you look at what is this organization trying to do? Mm-hmm. People are not anti some of these large corporations because they're fans of Apple or, or right. whatever, Dell or whatever, whatever computer you subscribe to. But when it comes to an organization that you may not agree with its values and its objectives, then you do have some issues with. When it comes to churches, there are churches who are trying to exist just to, so they can subsist by themselves. Right. But there are goals that, that the church is trying to do, trying to fulfill the call that God has given in Great Commission. So uh, uh, returning tithe to this system, supporting the personnel for the system, is engaging in the Lord's project to finish the work in the sense yeah. what we call finishing the work. And it, it, and it does get challenged. It does get challenging because, and I think that the difference between, like you said, Apple Corporation or whatever, it's like, this is not an investment, right? You're like, I don't like where Apple's going, so I'm going to take my money out and invest it here, right? Versus, and then comparing the church, well, I don't like where this pastor is going, or I don't like his sermons, or I don't really enjoy this. These people are not necessarily the most loving people. The fact that people are imperfect is, it has nothing to do with the returning of your tithe mm-hmm. to God that right. makes it holy. Mm-hmm. And in this sense, that's where we have to be careful we don't create that same mindset because money is involved, right? right? It's not necessarily related to that. Mm-hmm. And that's what you said. What you said, it's like, you know, that 10%, the tithe is a test of faithfulness. Mm-hmm. And then anything else you're offering, that's a test of your love for God. Mm-hmm. And I was, I was actually, uh, this past week, I was listening to someone that were giving a worship talk. And, and, and they talked about the need to not just return a tithe, 
but also to give that it, it said something along the lines of how we give to God or what we give to God, the amount that we give to God. It's, a, it's to test our honesty. Mm. And that really struck me. I'm like, to test my honesty. And as I was reflecting, it's to test my honesty in terms of what I say. I say, God, I love you. Is that really an honest statement? Mm. If I really love God, then it's going to be shown through, mm. my, through my pocketbook, right? Mm. And, and as, I was, as I was kind of reading, uh, as I was kind of reading this book where this, was, this statement was made, it talked about the need to uh, give money to people who are not as well off as we are, mm. people who have needs, helping those, helping the needy. And it really struck me. I started looking around. I'm thinking, there are people that I work with. There are people that I interact with, people that I go to church with, that, are, that go through hard times, and they do, they do so silently. Mm-hmm. Right. And, 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 and am I aware of what's going on in, my, in, in the world around me? Mm-hmm. In many cases, I believe that it is in God's will for us to help each other, yet we, we block the flow of grace mm. because we keep money that we think because it's ours, because it's not tied, we don't want to put it in the pot yeah. to help someone yeah, else. Yeah. Mm. You know, yeah, finances is a very private topic. Yeah. Yeah. But this is where in our private, in this privacy, we have the most intimate form of worship. Yeah. True. Because no one else knows whether if your tithe is accurate, is it 9.9, 10.1? No one no. at least I don't <laughs> think no one's calculating yeah. behind the scenes. And, right. And, and, you know, the, there's no IRS of the church. Yeah. And then, but the, it's between you and the Lord. And like you said, and when I'm giving my, uh, returning my finances or, or, or helping someone, it's an intimate action on my end, using something that I've, I've quote, I've earned. It's, a, it's, a, it's an intimate form of, 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 of service mm. yeah. between you and God. Uh, and it's a test of honesty. It's mm-hmm. a test of honesty. Kelly. And going back even to the first episode in this, um, in this quarter mm. of doing it with all, all your, your heart. heart yeah. um, is, you know, the tithe. God is very clear <clears throat> about asking for this. Um, and it even shows our desire to follow God by whether or not we pay tithe and of living up to the light that God has given us. Uh, we've alluded to it in other times about like just picking and choosing what we like, mm. but it's if we really want to follow God with all of our heart, we really do need to put these first things first, mm-hmm. and that will reveal further light, and it, it proves more like, well, God, of course I want to follow you. Whatever you tell me, just mm-hmm. not my money, please, not that. But mm-hmm. that that shows where God can really take us if we obey Him even in this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the, the Bible verse uh, in Malachi concludes with this, with this, with this promise. I think we need, to, we need to end here, that if I will not open... For you, the windows of heaven, mm-hmm. and pour out for you such blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. And when I was little, I used to think this was like, you know, Scrooge McDuck's, you know, and, you know, uh, money <laughs> coming in. It was money, not yeah. swimming in money. But blessings <laughs> come form in a different ways, more than monetary means, but in different ways of family, happiness, harmony, health, and mm-hmm. in blessings where literally you can't fit it in your house because yeah. it's, 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 it can be abstract in a way. Yeah. For those of you out there who have not uh, even thought about uh, your, our financial stewardship habits, uh, may you be renewed in your thinking of what is God's will for my finances, our finances. And even if there's church leadership that is not all up to par, even if the human uh, beings out there are a barrier to you, it's look beyond church leadership, beyond human leadership, and know that Jesus is King of kings, Lord and lords, and we serve Him with our finances. Hopefully it's been a And a blessing to you. It's been a blessing to me. God bless you. We'll see you next week here on Inverse. You've been listening to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation with Callie Williams, Israel Ramos, Jonathan Walter, Sebastian Braxton, 
Siku Dako, and your host, Justin Kim. Inverse is brought to you by the Hope Channel, television that changes lives. For this and more inspiring episodes, visit inverse.hopetv.org. Find us on social media, hashtag Inverse Bible. Until next time, this is Inverse.